the rationale behind You can hear me but it's just an accident from you. That's good, she can't Why do you know the same thing on? We're trying to figure out <coughs> the approach of service of our Kodesh Bochu Derech Limut Hagamora. How is it that through a person engaging in the study of Talmud Bavli that serves as a means of gaining a closeness and spiritual upliftment to his creator. We started off by listing the problems and difficulties and challenges which accompany the study of Talmud and therefore there's an assumption which is implicit in a person coming to learn in Gomorrah and that is that this thing that I'm trying to gain by coming here is valuable and I need it. And the question that we threw out onto the table was what is the value and how does it work? Surely the value extends beyond the simple academic prowess acquired by the training in rigid logical thinking that the Talmud provides, which it does provide. But surely that can't be the be end and be all and end all of it, because we could also go to an academy of philosophy and study the rules of logic and we'd come out with a very similar, if not the same, logical, rational perspective and methodology of analysis of concept and idea. And thus, what is the underlying motivation that the Limud HaGemara is so pushed and so venerated in the circles of yeshivas and in the broader orthodox community? Surely proximity to the Creator can be achieved through wonderful acts of chesed, through the performance of mitzvahs, and therefore, why the Talmud granted the learning of Aloha is necessary in order to know what you can do. I understand I learned Aloha. Granted, I understand Chumash because I like stories. Granted, Musa's <coughs> Geshmak because self-development is part and parcel of my spiritual growth. But why does it, why is it so important that I'm spending the lion's share of my day trying to understand what exactly makes me the assumed owner of the field three years later. Why? That's going to bring me close to the Abishtar? Learning about how the creation works. Yeah, Efsha will spend a few minutes on that. <coughs> Learning what to do practically day by day. Ah, 45 minutes. Working on self-development in our share, which we spend of the 30 minutes that land up happening. A good five. Don't worry about but Gemara, why, why does it take up so much space? That's our question. That's our question. We need to seek an answer to that. In order to seek an answer to this question, we began in a general way of understanding the notion of what Limudatur is all about in a general sense. In a general sense. In a general sense. Before we go into the specifics of the actual study of Talmud in its own right. And the Ramchal of Moshe Chaim pointed out to us a point that I didn't mention previously. 
but is also true and that is that the service of the creator and this is a crucial point and this is a crucial point and I want you to bear with me the Ramchal says in the fourth Chalek of Derech Hashem chapter 1 says an interesting point and this point can't be overstated Klal Havoida Mischalek Lishnei Chalakin the principle, the general, the overview of the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is divided into two parts. Two parts. There's two ways of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is so critical because many people think there's only one way of serving Hashem. There are two ways and both of them are requirements of serving Hashem. HaEchad, the one is HaTalmud Vashaini HaMasim. The one is learning and the other is doing. Not that there's one way of serving Hashem, doing, but to know what to do, you have to learn. Then you don't differentiate and you don't describe it as two ways of a, a divine service. Divide is one way. There happens to be a, a problem that you can't get around without learning because you can't do without learning. But there's nothing intrinsically valuable about learning and it's not looked upon as a avoider. Comes along the Ramchal and he says, there's an avoider of Limud. It's an avoider of Limud. That means Limud without Asiya, without any Maisa, pure, unadulterated Limud, Limud, Limud. That means learning, sorry, sorry. For those of you who don't understand the word Limud, is the Hebrew word for learning. Learning in itself, in its own right, is a crucial part of Vayi Hashem. In other words, the Kosh said, Sam Feinberg, he said, I want you to do mitzvahs, put on tzitzis, wrapped filling. That's one of the ways. The Ramchal goes on and his beautiful precision style categorizes the different chalakim of Maise. He says there are four essential parts to the Maisim that we do for the Eibishtam. Ha'echad t'medi, one is constant. Hasheni yomi, one is daily. Hashish is money, one is dependent on time. Varevi mikri, and other ones dependent on circumstances. So there are four different types of maisim that we engage in in the performance of our acknowledgement and adherence to the divine will. One is constant, says the Ramchal, that refers to the mitzvahs atzmidiyas, the six mitzvahs atzmidiyas, Avas Hashem, Yichud Hashem, the love of Hashem, the knowledge of everything works out, Piyashkocha, those are things that a person lives with on a constant basis. And then there's the daily, for example, Kriyashma, Tefillah, etc. Then there's the time-related mitzvahs, for example, Shabbos and Yom Tov. And then there's the Mikri, which is example, things which occur by the by. You have a dough that you're baking challah from, you have to separate challah. You reap the produce of a field, you have to separate trimmers and maestros. You meet a friend, you have to mekayim mitzvahs v'aftalerecha kamoicho. Do you understand? Those are the four types of categories of Maise. It's timidi, it's constant. It's Avas Hashem, that could you be constantly burning inside of your soul. Avas Hashem. <coughs> Good. Then the Ramchal, this is all the chapter before the chapter we started seeing. Then the Ramchal says, in Talmud itself, in Talmud, which is now void in its own right, there are two components. There's a knowledge base, which helps you to fulfill the mitzvahs, but that's not the Ikka. The Ikka of the Talmud, or the Sugul in the Talmud, is the actual study in its own right. In its own right. Granted, Spencer, the study 
Hoppenstein, of Torah, Ryan, Alex, Ami. The study of Torah always has to be Aaron. I didn't deliberately leave you out, don't worry. I love you also. The study, the study, the study of Torah has to be on the condition that if the halacha comes up, you will keep it. Again, to study Torah purely as an intellectual pursuit is is wrong. But it doesn't mean that you're studying to do it. You're studying it, and if it comes up, you'll do it. Avadai. Avadai. For example, today there is no Beis HaMikdash. So when you learn Korbanas, if it happens to be that the Beis HaMikdash is built and you happen to be needed to bring a Korban, you will bring a Korban. But right now the engagement, Lamaisa, practically speaking, is completely intellectual, and that is absolutely valuable. Even though Chasushal and the Beis HaMikdash is never rebuilt in our days. The study of getting, please God, no one should ever need to have a divorce, is a tractor which can be studied by all of us in this room, and we can, that's an avoider. It's an avoider. It's so important to realize. It's so vital to realize that we think that Tvila is when we connect to Hashem, and Musa is when we connect to Hashem, and learning Allah is when we connect to Hashem, and in between we have this um, Talmudic Academy of Learning. It's called Gemara. And that's not the same passionate, close connection to Hashem. As one of the Hasidic Rahim says, and we'll start to explain this further, but just as a taste, the more of Hashem says the following thing. In the last week's parish, it says, V'eleh ha-mishpatim. V'eleh ha-mishpatim. The pasuk begins, and these are the statutes, it begins with the word and. Now, anyone who's gone to English grammar knows you can't begin a sentence with the word and. <laughs> and. What, what do you mean? What came before? No? Didn't you know the English grammar? So how can it bring Ve'ele Mishpatim? It's a new parasha. Ve'ele, and these are, and these are, and what? What, what, what? Did you have the kasha, Ami? I'm sure you had the kasha, Ambles. Ambles. Okay, I did. Thank you. Ami had the kasha. Ami had the kasha. Ami El had the kasha. So it says the Sefer Marav Shemesh is the previous parasha Yisrael was discussing the series of Debra, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were said with, with lightning and with thunder. It was an experience which was highly, for want of a better word, I'm understating it, emotively charged. Claudius trembled at the foot of the mountain. They were, they died. Their souls left their bodies. It's quite a. <laughs> I mean, times. You've climbed some high mountains, but I mean, how would that be, eh? Bit of a out of body experience. At the bottom of a mountain, Taka. <laughs> so <laughs> it was. It was an experience which was which was supercharged. Josh Barrett. It was a supercharged. Yeshua. 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 It was a supercharged experience. Says the Ma'ar Shemesh, V'eilah Mishpatim. Mishpatim is Chetzka Zabatim. It's the statutes, the laws of land ownership, V'chule, V'chule, etc., etc. V'eilah Mishpatim. And these coming to add on those, just like those were said in an emotively charged environment, whereby the words were, shook us up to the nth degree. That's how a person learns Torah. That's how a person learns Gomorrah. That's how a person learns a dry rush bomb. Passion and excitement and fire. But why and how and where? 
says the Ramchal. But just to give you the notion that Torah, Limudah Torah, and Limudah Gemara, which is part of it, is an Avoida. It's a form of worship. Gemara is a form of worship. It's not an intellectual pursuit. It is a spiritual pursuit. Understand, Gemara is spiritual. It's not intellectual. It's spiritual. What is it? <laughs> bad, eh? That's in America. But if you were there, <laughs> not bad at all. Shambos! <laughs> That's why people shock when they're learning. That's why people shock when they're learning. That's why base major is not a library. Base major is not a library. I don't know if you noticed that. Base major is not a library. Base major, if you go into base major and no one's speaking, you come out crying. It's a, it's a dead base major. If you go to the library and people are speaking, you come out crying. <laughs> so it's a live library. <laughs> So we try to understand how this all works, slowly but surely. We try to plumb through the sukkah. And the realize, um, you must understand that the reason, realize why I do this slowly and we build it up over the week. And I don't just come on the first day and say, okay, the reason why you learn Torah, learning Gemara is the following reason. The reason why we have the Shaklan and Torah and the reason why I keep on asking the same questions and the reason why I keep on going over the same points is because what we're trying to do in this year is I'm really trying my hardest not to give you information. I don't know if you noticed that. So there's two reasons for that. First of all, I lack information. Okay. And secondly, it doesn't help. Information doesn't help. We're trying to change something inside of ourselves. The way you change something with yourself is living with an idea. Living with idea. I hope that we're living with the idea of what Torah is doing for me. And then I give you a bit of a clue. I say, Torah has got this neshama to it. There's a neshama to Torah. And then you think, Torah's got a neshama. And then you're learning about the bastard and you're thinking, I didn't see the neshama. Where's the neshama? And they think to myself, where's my neshama? Where's my neshama? Find my neshama. You know, the Russian scientist dissected the body. He didn't find the neshama anywhere. Cut this way. Maybe, maybe it's in the kidney. Looked uh, in the brain, not in the brain, not in the kidney. Mama, she couldn't find the neshama anywhere. Where's your neshama? Your neshama isn't anywhere, but it's everywhere. It's nowhere, but it's everywhere. Neshama is everything, but it's nothing. But it's everything, but it's nothing. It's not see- sees, but it can't be seen. Sees, but it can't be seen. It's like a Kodesh Bochu. It's like a Kodesh It's like, you know, Shami is like a Kodesh Bochu. Kodesh Bochu is all around. Where's the Kodesh Bochu? They ask the Kiddush Arim when he's a small child. Where, where, where'd you find the Kodesh Bochu? Where'd you find him? Where's he found? Where's the Abish to find? He said, wherever you let him in. Wherever you let him in. If you give him space, he'll be there. Kiddush Arim, the Gary River. The Alta Gary River, a few generations back. Small boy. Where's the Abish text? Wherever you let him in. You can let him into any part of your life. Will be. So, <coughs> so, okay, so we're going slowly. So I, I'm just trying to explain to you, Sam, so that you should, no one should be frustrated in the year thinking that, but didn't we say that yesterday? Of course we said that yesterday. And we said the day before as well. And we're going to be saying it tomorrow, weather permitting. <laughs> Meaning, weather ever. Whether ever, when it permits, we'll be, we'll we'll be saying again and again because that's the point. What we're trying to do is we're trying to change, and the way you change is one of the ways you change is by going over and mulling over the idea and mulling over the idea and looking at my life and looking at the idea and looking at my life and looking at myself and looking at my life and looking at the idea and looking at him and looking at the idea and looking at him and looking at the idea. You know, I'm, everyone in the room relates to her differently to you. 
I'm not accusing you because they relate to different to Gideon as well and different to Shiva. Everyone, everyone has a different relationship to Torah. We have to find ourselves in Torah. And you know what? This is going to be a chizyam. Every single person in this room, not only can you find yourselves in Torah, you can all find yourselves in Gomorrah as well. All can find yourselves in Gomorrah. Find yourselves, meaning you find fulfillment and expression of something that you enjoy doing. You can enjoy, you can enjoy the study of Talmud. Even though you don't like logic, and even though you have no interest in land ownership, and even though you don't, it doesn't make a difference. And we're going to start to explore why that is. Everyone, everyone, in their own way, differently, different aspects, Torah's broad, can enjoy and get Gushmak from the study of the Talmud. And other studies as well, but right now we focus on the Talmud. I like being exclusive. I'm not saying people shouldn't learn Nach. I'm not saying people shouldn't learn. I'm saying people should learn Chumash. I'm tr- but, but the problem is, we're trying to resolve is why so much time quantitatively and why such an emphasis on Gemara, correct? So you're referring to Gemara, but I'm not excluding other fields of Talmudic, other, other fields of Torah study. Okay, Yossi? You do make an active effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's really worked. Well done. Um, so that's where we are. So the Ramchal said a very big Hiddish yesterday. Some said it long ago as well, but <laughs> we heard it yesterday. The Hiddish he said yesterday was that what he discussed in terms of there are in the world different ways that a person is affected. In other words, for example, the Marshall have deal a billion of dollars. If people take drugs, now I know no one in this room has ever even meandered into such a straight path. But what I hear that people take drugs, different drugs have different effects. Is that is that is that correct? Good. It's a setup, and he didn't fall for it. Different drugs have different effects. Certain drugs make a person passive and super chilled until he <coughs> finds tremendous interest in like doing exciting things, like staring at the wall, and he goes, yeah. and he looks at his friend, and they look at each other, and they laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that wall, wall. <laughs> you have to be careful. Don't confuse a person who's completely stoned with an Australian. <laughs> they like that. That's a congenital issue. It's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's got nothing to do with narcotics. They actually, I, I was thinking of starting a fund to sponsor <coughs> Australians to encourage the opening of the mouth. Australian, you yeah, try to say as many words as you can. I open your mouth. Hello, what's your name? My name's Bruce. What's your name? My name's Sheila. Hello, Sheila. Hello, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to be doing today? Oh, hopefully, you're sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah, I envy you. What are you going to be doing? <laughs> I'm going to have to go late in the afternoon. Do you want me to walk the dog? Yeah, you got a dog? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that kind of 
that's that's you know, that's, that's pretty much suburban Australia. Um, there are other there are other narcotic substances which make you absolutely hyper. A different, in other words, it depends what you put into your body, what effect it has. But these things affect you. Do you know, Jakob Oppenstein, that in the spiritual world there are also things like that? <laughs> he said, no. What do you mean? That's why I came to Shiva. I'm still waiting. <laughs> in other words, the things that when they come inside of you, they affect you in different ways. They affect you in different ways. They affect you in different ways. They call that spas. Now, of course, of course, the difference between narcotics and ashbars are manifold, but one of the prim- primary differences is the Torah ashbars are hard-earned. They don't go in intravenously. You can't just take a syringe or a big fat joint and, sorry, this is a marshal, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and inhale it or inject it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to work on it and work on it and work on it and work on it. And then it's a very subtle thing. It's like it becomes the whole oil of Maruchni is a very subtle world. It's a very subtle world and we have been bludgeoned by a very grob world. A very base world. A very vulgar world. I don't mean in the sense of bad language. A very vulgar world in the sense of it's it's very base. It's very it's very it it's the difference between the per- a person's sensitivities are often in relation to the experiences he has. So if a person's constantly hit like this, and then you go like this to him, he won't feel that touch. If you touch him like this, and then you degree- decrease the level of contact, he'll be sensitized to it. If a person eats enormous amounts of sugar, everything that's not totally sugarized will taste sour. If a person never eats sugar, the most bland foods have an incredible sweetness to them. Because the amount of sensitivity that a person develops is in relation to the demands in his external environment. And unfortunately we have been so bludgeoned by the world around us that our capacity to sense things has been numbed. So we have to refine ourselves to the degree that when we take in, breathe in one of these spiritual hashbars, we'll, gosh, that was amazing. We develop the sensitivity. Interestingly enough, the word tumma is equivalent to what's called being sealed off. Tumma is a lotion of stimma. It's completely sealed off. It's numbness. And tahara Kedusha, Tyra purity is a lotion of openness, of clean that you, you, you're not sealed off, you, you can hear, you're aware you're awake, you're awake when you're awake you can hear things you can feel things, you can experience things, when you're asleep you can't, someone goes like this, wake up wake up, wake up, if you're in a very deep sleep you don't wake up so we're all in a very deep sleep. We've been hypnotized by the world around us and we can't feel anything. So when I start speaking about spiritual ashbars, you think I'm talking gibberish. You say, I've never done that. I've never experienced that. When you walk out of a morning Sadie, you don't feel what you've just got into because you haven't got the capacity to feel it yet. But nevertheless, these things are true. Whether we experience them or not, A, we can learn to experience them and B, it doesn't really matter at the stage of the game if we do or don't, they are. They are happening. They're happening on a level that we can't perceive them. But they're happening.
So we have to learn to perceive them. We have to come into touch with our neshamas. We can't leave our neshamas as being divorced and alienated from our experience of self. On the contrary, the goal is to become the neshama himself, herself. That's what we're trying to do. So these ashpas, says Ramchal, are graded in a hierarchy of more intense to less intense. At the top of the hierarchy, there's one ashpah which is so powerful, the ultimate drug. The ultimate drug. This drug is not just a small dose of spiritual connectivity. It's a boost which will completely and totally overwhelm the person in its power. It's astonishing. It's as almost as if the Creator took His essence Shimi synthesized it, synthesized it, and then found a medium to allow a person to drink it in. So Ramchal says that synthesized, condensed form of super spirituality was injected into the words of Torah. Torah is an entity which exists separate to the Creator. He took Kivyochel himself. And he put it into the Torah. He gave the Torah neshama. What's the body of the Torah? The words, the ideas, the concepts, all the body. What's the neshama? It's the soul. It's the energy which lives underneath, behind, and between the words. Have you ever seen it? Probably not. But it's alive. The Torah is alive. It breathes. It feels. It's, it's an entity. It's a creation. The Torah is a creation. The Torah is considered a wife. To the person that learns to in front of an Amar Oretz, it's like he's stolen his bride. Before what? person that learns to in front of an ignoramus, who does, a person that doesn't know to it's like you've stolen the bride of that person. A person feels this connection, a Jew feels it. Do you know the fascinating thing? Is, let me, when, when a person becomes from, okay, many of us have become from and we are from secular backgrounds. Do you realize that when you become from, it is not a lone journey. When you become from, every single member of your family has to reconfront their Judaism. Every single member. The closer the knit the family unit, the more direct the confrontation is. The further spread it is, the less direct. But it touches on everyone. When a Baal goes on a journey of Judaism, he takes his entire family along with him. Sometimes screaming and kicking. Sometimes screaming and kicking very loudly. Other times willingly. But they always come along. They always come along. They will always come along with you. Guaranteed. Because when you start to put Torah in front of a Jew, he has to, he has to speak. It speaks to him. The person, I've seen this, I've seen this time and time again with Bale Chiva, and I've seen the opposite occur when it comes to converts. When people convert and their parents are not Jewish at all and the son becomes Jewish, the parents are completely unaffected. They're completely unaffected. Often, sometimes they're opposed, sometimes they're in favor. But it doesn't speak to them at all. It doesn't speak to them, it doesn't affect them, it doesn't... It affects them as much as it affects when someone, when a child changes his path in life, so it affects you as much as it affects you. But it doesn't affect their relationship with Torah in any way. 
and a person that his parents are elders in the church lovely people he became Jewish and they remained elders in the church and they have a great relationship and there's no, there's no, there's no strive they give him kosher pots and pans if he wants to come home there's no conflict, there's no strive, there's nothing but like Hashem, you're Jewish, we're not try to do that to a Jewish parent how dare you impose yourself on me, this is ridiculous I can't eat, it's not good enough for you the rabbi Susan says it's fine <laughs> <laughs> she blessed everything that came into the house even the, even the pig strutters. It's her blessing, Rabbi Susan. She's a mystic. She studied Kabbalah from Madonna. <laughs> Esther. Um, because when you when you start waving to in front of a Jew, Jews get very excited by it. They get furious. They get antagonistic. They fall in love. They fall in hate. They they relate to it. They respond. They're not dead. They're not dead. Jews are not dead. To be continued, Rabbi said, this deep sugi. I'm glad, I'm glad we made no progress today because making no progress is making all the progress in the world. It's about the process, yours. It's about the process. It's not about, yeah, you want to read the book? Go read the book. It's translated to English. It's like learning Gemara. Yeah, it's like learning Gemara. Yeah, 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 beautiful, beautiful. I mean, I mean, it's not like playing golf. <laughs> playing golf is about whether you get home one or not. Or if you have to pop.